Hi, I'm Cami, And I'm Brittany. And this is the Deeply Rooted Homeschool. The heart behind our podcast is to encourage and equip you as you start or continue your homeschool journey. If you're considering homeschooling or are new to homeschooling, we created this podcast with you in mind to answer common questions. If you're just finding us, you'll probably want to go back and catch up on our past episodes. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome back. Today we have our friend Kelly. Kelly is a mom of four. She has kids from six months to seven years, and she's been homeschooling for about three years. So she's also um, an occupational therapist turned homeschool mom, and she has a lot to say. We're really, really excited to have her today. So welcome, Kelly. Is there anything you want to tell us? Thanks. Uh, No, I'm happy to be here. Um, Yeah, I have four kiddos. And we have been doing CC for two years, classical conversations for two years now. And we had one year of preschool before that, um, that we were, we did some heavy preschooling. Not sure I would do that again, but we did it (laughs) with my first. So, okay, Kelly. So tell us a little bit about your family life and how things roll at your house. That's a lot of kids that are seven and under. It is a lot of kids. You think that we would know how those kids come about, but we had a surprise baby this year. Um, so my husband travels for work. Um, he's been home a little bit more recently, but for the most part, he travels sometimes three nights a week, um, that he's gone. And so we spend a lot of time with just me and the kids, um, having a six month old and our, the next one up, um, is just two. So, um, life can get a little crazy. Um, our four year old has a lot of energy as well. So, um, he is doing um, classical conversations with us this year. So it's been fun to incorporate him into our school days, but, um, it's still, he doesn't track quite as long as the seven year old does with everything that she has to do. So yeah, we have to kind of find ways for it to work around everybody in our house. How do you, how do you find ways to work around everybody in your house? What are some ideas that you have to be flexible, um, around nap times or feeding schedules or those kinds of things? This is something that I've really had to settle into and become to be okay with. Um, I like to think of myself as a recovering perfectionist. And so my idea of coming into homeschool was that we were going to get a lot done. We were going to be heavy on our curriculum. We were going to like tick all the boxes. Right. Um, but having the other kids along for the ride, honestly has changed our homeschool life. I think for the better, um, it's helped me to slow way down. And I think this year I finally settled into a rhythm of taking expectations off myself Um, I don't think I ever expected so much out of my oldest in school, but I had a lot of expectations for what I would accomplish every day. And if we didn't get to it, I would just feel like a failure. Um, and so what I have found is that, um, if I'm nursing a baby and we're reading, that still counts as school. Mm -hmm. Um, if, you know, I have to pause and get something out for the boys to play with and, shut them in another room while we work on math and focus on that, then that still counts as school. It doesn't have to um, be this pretty thing that mimics, you know, what a typical school day would in public school. And so 
Um, we've really had to find our rhythm and, and honestly, the kids find their rhythm. Um, justice is my oldest, my daughter is used to the boys being loud. And, um, she, she has learned this year when, you know, it's time to take school to her room where it's quieter. Um, you know, a lot of times it's, I give her instruction. We sit down and do things together, maybe watch our math video or do some reading. And then I send her to clap to her, um, room, I'm sorry, to her desk in her room, um, to do the things that need more quiet space. Um, and honestly, it's been great because it's helped her become a little bit more of a self-starter. She's become more confident in her work. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it works for our family. I have to settle the boys into doing something else, or she just has to do it while we're on the move with it. Um, so sometimes that gets a little crazy, but it's worked out. Are you a big planner? I mean, do you have a set lesson plan or do you have more of like a checklist or a rotate or do you do um, loop schedule? What, how do you really plan for your homeschool knowing that it's going to be a little bit chaotic? Yes. I wanted <laughs> to be a big planner. And I would say our kindergarten year, I had a great plan. Um, I had lists and I had loop schedule. I had everything planned completely out and realized very quickly that that, um, I was going to make me feel like I was failing every day. Um, so for me, I have kind of scaled it back and figured out what justice's strengths are, um, what Isaac's strengths are in schooling. And I try to work our days around those things, um, as far as curriculum goes, I know kind of where we're, where we are at and where we should be, um, with the schedule in my mind, planning around our classical conversations group, um, you know, our, our Fridays with them. And also just when vacation is when I want our summer break to be. Um, so I know where we should be tracking a little bit as far as curriculum goes to keep us, um, moving forward with that. Um, but if, you know, if we hit a stride where, man, we are rocking in math that day, I don't stop because it's just time to stop and do something else. We keep tracking with math that day. Um, if, you know, she's really interested in reading that day, it's a rainy, cozy day and we're reading, then we track with reading that day and try to incorporate history and our classical conversation stuff within that. And so I've become a lot more relaxed. Um, but I still try to keep up with where I think we should be tracking as far as just the time of the year, because it's important for her. It may, it may end up be different as Isaac gets older and my boys get older, but it's important for her that whenever we start back the school year, like every August, that her curriculum for kindergarten or first grade is completed. That's an important goal for her. And so, um, I try to track with that to meet those goals. Okay, so if you get to the end of a year or a season and maybe you didn't hit the goals that you had for yourself, for justice, for Isaac, you know, for your homeschool, how do you recalibrate? How do you move forward with that? That's a great question for this season. Um, my family is in a really chaotic season right now. I, I thought that We've always been in a chaotic season as far as homeschooling goes, because I've always been pregnant or had a newborn, um, and that has made it interesting. But we lost our home in a fire a couple of months back, and so that really threw this year for a loop. Um, and so I think that this is where the classical model has really been a friend to me, 
in the fact that I am not looking at the grand schedule as to what, you know, what did we skip over because we had to keep moving. Um, as far as the core of our education, our math and our reading and our, our grammar, our spelling, um, I didn't just keep moving with that. We, we're not going to move forward until we master it. Um, and so, and I think that builds confidence in her. I don't, I don't like to rush her or, or even Isaac and the things that he's doing until they fully grasp it. Cause that's how they go on to the next, the next thing and feel like they can keep moving. So, so we're sticking to our, our foundations of mastery, but when it comes to the things, our memory work for classical conversation, um, all the things that we really wanted to learn in history and our science this year that we did feel like we didn't get to tackle the way we wanted to just because of the season that we were in. Um, I've kind of gone back through and found the highlights of things that I felt like were important to our family, um, that we, that would be fun even that we really wanted to have gotten to this year. And this summer, as we're kind of finishing up our curriculum that we needed to move through, that's part of our, you know, our math and our reading, we're going to go back and just really cover the things that were interesting to us that I thought that the kids would grasp onto. We're still young, you know, we're still a young homeschooling family. So I don't feel like the overarching view of like American history this year that they have to understand all of it. But it was important to us that they did grasp the geography, the states. So we're doing that puzzle every single day. You know, um, we're going back through our memory work and randomly hitting the high points and asking questions. We're the read alouds that we didn't get to do that covered some of the interesting historical figures. We're, we're going back and pulling those out and reading them. Um, and just kind of making it part of our our summer. And, and it's not a big deal because we had to take a break. Life didn't give us a choice. We had to take a break. And I would have rather have had Justice and Isaac be home with me during the middle of our chaotic season than in the midst of their mourning, in the midst of their little hearts having to, you know, grieve in the season that we were in having to push them off to school every day. And, and honestly, I think they would have just been going through the motions of school. I, I doubt that they would have absorbed a lot of education mm-hmm. um, in that setting when they were, you know, wanting to be home with us, knowing that so much was going on. Kids can tell when things are off. Um, they weren't in their home this, this, the last half of our year. Um, we didn't have all of our school stuff, you know, but um, I think, we're back on track now and knowing that we had that time just to let them be, we, we read a lot. We, we did math in different ways. We cooked a lot. We did other things and we got to live that season of our life together um, on days that they needed to process or talk about it. We were, we were there doing it together instead of just pushing through school for the sake of school. And so um, honestly, it's been a gift in a way because we were not, Justice is really smart. She's a really great at reading. She's really great at math, but she's always pushed through math really quickly. And it's always felt like we were kind of like trying to finish up reading before school, the school year was over. But when we didn't have all of our school books, we read a ton. So she has just excelled in reading. I mean, I almost think that she, we could just skip to the whole nother level because of the season we were in, we just read a lot. She read everything that was around. And so Again, I think it comes back to the pressure we put on ourselves. Like kids, they're going to be educated. It's their natural tendency is to to learn. Um, so we just have to grasp onto the things that are interesting in the time, and then go back and 
and just review the things that we we didn't make it to um, and know that if we didn't catch it in this season, they'll catch it in the next. Like it's okay if we didn't conquer American history this year. We have, we still have some time. Well, you know, I, what I heard you say in there was that you took, you may have taken a break from your curriculum, but you didn't actually take a break from learning. Like your kids continued to learn in that season, in this chaos, even if you didn't have a hard curriculum that you were sitting there looking at. Absolutely. And, you know, we stayed, we stayed involved with our classical classical conversation group. Um, we, we show, I don't think we, we may have missed one one Friday, yeah, it might have been just that one. we missed it. You're super, but involved. my my kids wanted to be there. It was, you know, it was a sense of normalcy to be there. And so, I mean, yeah, we lost all of our books and all of our art art stuff and all that. But even just having the app, like we kept tracking, um, we kept digging in where we could. We pulled up YouTube videos and documentaries and all the things. And so, even in that, there's a sense of rhythm that is in our life that they're used to learning and it's, it's almost comforting. Like it was something just normal to get back to even in the midst of chaos, which I hope becomes a foundation for their life. You know, that even in the midst of hard seasons that they can fall back on, on what they know and, and be forever learners. You know, I want them to, to, to never stop learning. That's so good. You said kids are, kids are going to be educated. It's their natural tendency to learn. I loved that. That was so good. And they they didn't just learn academic things. They're learning all kinds of lessons with you in that season as well. And um, that's one of the beauties of homeschooling is that you're right there with them and they're seeing you walk through different things, whether it's a hard season or a good season, whether it's whether it's a time where people are serving you and loving on you or a time when you're being able to do that for other people and your kids are right there watching everything and absorbing all of that. Yeah. Yeah. We, we got to be through everything together and I don't, I, I just think the season would have been so much more chaotic if we were, you know, shuffling off to school and processing emotions with a teacher or an aide at school or, dealing with those dynamics, I just, I think life would have looked so different. And, you know, you sit there as a parent, you think, oh no, I've got to get back to schooling. That, that feels like pressure, but man, if I take a bigger view of it, go up higher and look at it, no chaos would have been trying to get things together to get back to a classroom where they didn't have family, you know, to be with. And so absolutely they got to um, process their things in the moment. And, and honestly, I, it, I think it's brought us out of this season and the kids aren't as affected in a negative way because we just got to go ahead and, and live life. You know, we didn't have to put emotions on hold or, or anything Well, you else. had the time, you had the time to lavish love and peace mm-hmm. on them instead right. of, rushing them out the door and being frantic all the time. You had the time to lavish. Not that you always feel like you have the time, but you really do. Okay. And they got to see, you know, they got to see my sad moments and see how I process through that and mm-hmm. be okay with it. Um, it wasn't, oh, let me hold myself together to get you off to school so that I can fall apart later. Like they, they saw it all, but there's lessons they'll be learned, learned in that too. So absolutely. It's been good. Okay, so what encouragement have you found in this season? I think that 
learning to trust our children a little bit in their education has been something that I have seen that has been really encouraging. Um, I think that as parents, we feel like we have to drive education all the time, right? We have to push it. We have to make sure we're meeting those milestones that they're, um, getting the curriculum in, that they're learning all the things that they know the things their friends at homeschool groups know and all that. But there's a trust in our children too, that, um, comes from knowing that God created them to be those learners and that even in the crazy seasons and the seasons of chaos, that God knows exactly what seasons we're going to be in at which times and what our children need. And so what I mean by that is that God knew that Justice, my oldest, was going to start school with um, me being pregnant and having a newborn and then turning around and being pregnant again and having another newborn and then going through this traumatic thing. He knew that she was going to be a kindergartner and a first grader during all of that. Um, and he set her up to be great at learning. You know, he set her up and um, developed her brain in a way that um, she would be able to do this. And I think we have to trust our kids a little bit and give them more credit um, for the way they see the world and know that they're, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I know that justice knows the Lord. And so trusting even her dynamics with him and then also trusting him in it, that he saw the season we would be in and that he had it prepared already. He had her prepared. He had us prepared and he needed her to be educated in these seasons in this moment. Um, I don't know what she's going to go on to do in her life, but I know that she'll be better for it because of this season. She's come out stronger, um, more mature. Um, better even in in the ways that we homeschool. She's more confident in our rhythm of our day or in catching her own mistakes, in reading more, in trying. And, you know, so it's developed her. And I think that we just have to trust that God knows the seasons that we're going to be in. We can trust ourselves as parents who are also educators, and we can trust our kids a little bit in the process too. And I think like I said, being a perfectionist, it's hard for me to trust my kids, but the more ground I've given her, the more creative she has become. And honestly, the more I think she's, she is absorbing and excelling in curriculum or in the things that are more creative and more abstract. And that's, I mean, that's the beautiful thing about homeschooling is that not only is she getting to she is excelling in those things and she's growing, but you're there to witness it because some of those things you wouldn't necessarily know if you weren't right there with her. Absolutely. I think I just, I, I can't even imagine at this point her being in a different setting because she is so smart too, that I also see sometimes the ways that she can, um, cover up, um, not, not cover up in a, in a deceitful way. I don't mean that, but in a, in, in a way, if she doesn't really understand something, she's, she's smart. And so she can kind of keep moving through it. She can keep going forward and we don't hit the mastery, but also I get to see the parts where I didn't think she would be able to, or I thought that I needed to push this thing along and she's 10 steps ahead of me. Um, and it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see her, her mind working that way. That's true. Mm-hmm. I, I love seeing stuff like that. I love seeing like their little minds and you're like, they're not going to, oh, okay, they got it. They're good. Yes. And the younger brother who 
you know, we, like I was saying before, we did pre a preschool curriculum with her. Um, and we haven't with him. He's just kind of been along for the ride and going to CC. And he's been, you know, we do the things at home. I, we, we, he likes, you know, workbooks and different things, but I'll think that he doesn't know things and then he'll come out with it. And I'm like, Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> We're going to be okay. Like you really do know more than I think you do. And so, um, trusting him as well as in that, you know, he, he's that smart younger brother coming up and he's going to learn in a different way, but they're all, they're absorbing so much. Um, I, I feel like one of the things that I've heard you guys say in our community is just, their brains are sponges. They will absorb. They will absorb. You just don't realize what they will absorb. And it's so true. Um, and that's part of the fun too, is educating as a family and getting to see what the younger ones just pick up naturally from your mm -hmm. natural rhythms in your family. Um, it's making the next step of education with my son, Isaac, a little less daunting because he's capable. He is. He is. He's so smart. He's too. so smart. He it doesn't, it, even though he's a different personality, um, I can see where it's going to be fine. It's going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be fun seeing them do it more together. Well, so how do you, how are you going to approach, you said that he is, he learns differently and he, he is a much different kid than your first kid. So how are you going to approach that as he's heading towards kindergarten eventually? Well, I think it's one of the things that I have learned with, with the first child is that really trying to lean towards their strengths. Um, I think that that's really important to not try to make your kids fit in a box. Mm -hmm. Each of my kids, and I can even tell with my six month old, they all have, they each have different personalities and they are so different and they're different within their genders. Um, and so I'm appreciative a little bit of my occupational therapy background and knowing some of the ways to help us kind of structure around just the different needs of my daughter's much more like kind of the artistic brain and she could dance her way through her day. And then Isaac needs a little bit more of just the, the physical, you know? And so I think trying to figure out how to structure our days around that, um, getting more physical activity in for him, for her, it's more of just the abstract, you know, learning, let, letting her mind just go and create. It brings energy for her. Whereas for him, um, he likes for it to be, you know, the colors that he likes. He likes to get up and get energy out. And so, I don't know, I think it's important to, I guess that's what I mean in trusting your kids and knowing that you can't put them each in their own individual box. And and that's what I love about homeschooling is I know, I know what he likes. I know him better than anybody else in the whole world knows him. And so if he goes to sit in a classroom with, you know, 20 other children, he's going to have to fit some kind of box because there has to be structure and rhythm in a classroom. But at home, mm -hmm. I'm going to be able to fit that into our days as, and see his needs and see the things that he likes and be able to lean towards that. That was so, that's so encouraging. I just, I feel like a lot of moms are going to hear that and be like, okay, yeah, my kid doesn't have to fit in a box. And I know, that I do know my kids better than anybody else. And that's just really beautiful. And that's something that I think all of us do struggle with is that just what mm -hmm. you said about she wants to dance through her day and he needs like a little bit more physical activity to get out. And that's, that can be a challenge when you have more than two, even like you add a third one to that mix that also needs something different. And where do you find time to even do school? Like actually curriculum, because you're trying to do give her her the art time she needs, like 
my oldest or my oldest needs like that really quiet. He needs to go sit and read a book for a little while to be able to do anything. And then my next needs to turn 75 cartwheels before we can do one math lesson. So how do you, that's hard to balance that. Yeah. I think, you know, in the first, first year trying to, you know, like I said, trying to fit a structure, check off our lists and all that. It's, you put a lot of pressure on yourself in that way, but I think once you settle into it, like I'm, I'm ready for year five, six, seven, (laughs) where I trust myself a little bit, know them a little bit better in the ways that they like to learn. Um, but you know, there's days that that means chalk on the sidewalk and that we, you know, that's how we're going to do math or how we're going to work on handwriting. And there's days where right now she's really into writing books. And so that's, that's what we lean towards. I've, you know, we research a topic and then she goes and writes about that or paints a picture about whatever history thing we're learning right now. Um, with Isaac, I think it's going to be, you know, when we're counting, we're going to be jumping or we're going to be slamming cars into the wall or <laughs> whatever that looks like. But I just think that where, wherever they find pleasure and joy, if we can somehow tap into that and weave our education into it, I think they're going to absorb so much more. They're going to look back on it with fond memories and it's not going to be this push and pull and tug of war and, you know, fighting over school. And so I can't say that I've mastered that with my youngest yet. Cause we're, you know, we're not that far into it, but I actually am looking forward to that because the older he gets, the more I can see, the things that he delights in. And I know that we're going to have to weave our education into that, especially if I have that goal of them being lifelong learners, they need to look back on education with fond memories. And my, my second Isaac is a lot like my husband and my husband can look back and has memories of hating sitting in a classroom. And the reasons that he didn't like school, it wasn't because he didn't like education. He's so intelligent. Oh, he can absorb so much information. I'm jealous of him. But he watches us in homeschooling. He's like, if I had just been educated like this, I would have loved school, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's kind of my challenge in this next season is to look at my kids, see their interests, the way they learn, the things that they're into, how the day is going. You know, is this a good day? Is this an off day? And then we just are going to, I'm going to try to weave our, our education around that and honestly, I'm thankful because I think that God knew that somehow I had become a perfectionist and he wanted that to be undone in me. You know, it's good. It's good for some things in life, but homeschooling is undoing me in ways that I'm so thankful for because I, I want to be able to work within the rhythm of the day or the rhythm of the family or the good seasons, the bad seasons. And, and when we're so rigid that we're trying to just check a list, we're missing out on on what I think is true education. And so I'm trying to redefine even in myself and in my head what I really want education to be, you know, not just what, you know, the, the state says it is or what, you know, some book says that my kids should learn in their first or fifth grade year, but what does our family define as education and then I want to figure out how to how to weave that in and throughout our day so that by the time they get to where they're ready to go to college or pick a vocation that that they they know themselves well enough to know how they learn and what they love and what they like. And they want they won't be the people that 
you know, don't, don't know what they want to do with their life. I think mm. that they'll, they'll have found a rhythm and know, know that much more about themselves and education in itself that, you know, maybe they'll go on to higher education in college. Maybe not. Maybe they'll pick a vocation. Maybe, you know, maybe I really do have a dancer or artist on my hands. I don't know. But I think that if I can change my view and flip my lens of education, that it's going to lay a foundation and a framework for them that honestly will sustain them for the rest of their life. Well, and this is how we have, you know, kids that are in like seventh grade or or younger that know exactly what they want to do and they follow through with it because of stuff like that. Right. right. Like they just know from an early age and they're, they're being fostered in this way. Absolutely. And I, that's, that's part of the beauty of homeschool community is getting to watch these other families and um, other moms and dads that have educated and seeing how they're fostering their kids into the things that they love. Um, and I, you know, my, my daughter's seven, but her favorite part of our community day is presentation mm-hmm. and y'all, <laughs> she's so good. She is oh. so good. And it's so fun to, for that to be that that's the motive, most important, part, most important part of her week. She wants to figure out what she is going to talk about. I try to give her the week off to not prepare something huge and she won't do it, but she knows that she likes that. And how gracious of a gift to give to her that she knows that she's not afraid to get up and talk in front of people, that she loves to get up and tell somebody something that maybe don't know or introduce them to something new or be entertaining. Like she knows that about herself. She's growing in her confidence in it. And so, I mean, I don't think that I stood in front of a classroom of people for a true presentation until maybe my sophomore year of high school. Um, so I just think what a gift that is to her that she as seven years old knows that about herself um, and already asked me, well, when, you know, when can I have a larger audience of people to speak to? Like I have something to say, like she, she knows she has oh, something to say Lord. and a voice to say it. And so it's just, it's such a gift that she, that she already knows that about herself. Mm, and I want to say something kind of back to when you were talking about perfectionism and I mean, perfectionism can be crippling, but you're, you're enabling her to not be crippled by perfectionism by giving her that opportunity every week to get up in front of herself. And I'm positive that she doesn't make every, like read every single thing exactly perfect every week, but she's in a community of people that love her and are cheering her on. And she's gaining that confidence in herself without the side effect of the crippling perfectionism. Yes. She, I would have to say if, from what I can tell, if I have one child that is built a lot like me, it's her. Um, she has a lot of the same tendencies that I do. And that's the other gift of homeschooling is I think if I wasn't watching her in her education, I wouldn't realize how that is really woven into the fabric of who she is. Um, and I want to teach her how to use that um, in a way that benefits her, that makes her realize that she can be good at projects, that she can be meticulous, that she can see the details. Um, but I want to help her learn how to not let that be a thing that chokes her in life. Um, so that by the time she is an adult, um, she's, she doesn't look at herself as a perfectionist. She, she knows that she has strengths that, um, she can see the details in life and that she can, you know, get things done, but that she doesn't have to, you know, just be, be strangled by that because it is, that's a, that's a hard way to live life. And so, it is. It's a beautiful thing to see her working that out now and for us to have conversations in the middle of the day about it. 
um, for her to see me mess up in my perfectionism or to, or to expect too much of her sometimes and have to come back and apologize about it and explain to her how that, that it's not okay. It's not okay for me to expect that of you. It's not okay for me to be stressed today because of a list that I made up for myself. So it's, it's good. We're working out, you know, the details of life in the midst of education and all the things, but I think it's going to work out who she is as, as an adult. And God is so kind because he knew that he knew from the time that he formed her, that she was going to be bent towards that. But he is using this season that y'all have been walking through to start rubbing some of those rough edges off of her. And you don't, I mean, as an oldest child and an oldest child and I'm in the middle. I'm I'm not, but like you, you're in a house full of chaos. Mm -hmm. You have to learn how to adapt a little bit. And I think that that's, God's kindness to her and to us and to us as moms, as we're trying to learn that as well. Right. Yeah. She's probably further along than we are. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, it, that's, I mean, that's one thing that we as parents, if we slow down enough in our, in our schooling at home is get to get inside their heads a little bit. So getting to see even how her self-talk is, Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, you don't always think about a seven-year-old being hard on themselves for having that voice in their head, but it's already there. It's already there and pushing her forward. And so getting to help her work through that a little bit and helping learn how to give herself grace. And, um, you know, for us in our family, it's asking, asking, stopping in the moments and asking God for, for help in that. And it's, it's fun to get to do that with her now. Okay. Is there anything else that the Lord is showing you in this season? There's a lot from this season. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I would say if you were going to really ask me from this season, what I would take away um, in the homeschooling department, I would say that it's given me a lot of perspective. You know, we're, we're always as homeschool moms and our families are talking about where we're at and I see, you know, people talk about how their kids are tracking and how this curriculum worked out this year and all that. And it's really easy when we're gearing up for the next school year to get overwhelmed again with the list and what we're doing and seeing what everybody else does in their families. Even though we're sharing a lot of times in a way just to help out, we do this. So, you know, I can, I can choose from the Gilbert's family, you know, what they do that works for them and I can add it to mine. But as still being new to homeschooling, it's easy for me to think, oh, that's everybody else is like doing these really great things. I should add that to what we're doing. And for me, it's not true. I have learned that simplify, simplify, simplify. It's honestly the way I'm the most productive now Mm -hmm. is to take it to the basics of things, um, not put expectations on our days um, that are just, you know, crazy and try to do the simplest of routines, but also to quit looking at what everyone else is doing. It's fine to get ideas, but I have to remember that I cannot compare one of my worst seasons to someone else. What's could be someone else, someone else's best season. So maybe they are rocking it in homeschool this year. They have had a great year. It's been a productive season for them. If I compare that to one of my hardest seasons in life, I am always going to come up short. Um, And so I have to get perspective on my family, what our goals are, what we're doing, what my kids need in this season, and keep my perspective there 
Um, it's good to have community, but we don't have to do what everyone else is doing. And we can change it anytime. We can add something. We can take it away. Just because we started something this year doesn't mean we have to finish it this year. If in the middle of the school season, I see something that's working for someone else and we want to try it, absolutely. That's what I get to do as a homeschooling um, parent is try something new. But I just, I have got to figure out how to maintain that mentality throughout the next seasons because I think that it's going to help us honestly find what works for the high towers. Um, I think that we have got to develop what works for us in our home and find find that rhythm and not try to do what everyone else is doing because I'm, I'm not raising other people's children. I'm raising mine and God gave me the responsibility to raise mine. And so whatever curriculum we choose or whatever we decide to do with our days is it's okay. And I can, I can settle into that and be confident that I'm doing what they need. Um, and that we're, we really are actually going to meet our goals because I didn't know what my goals needed to be for this season. You know, they've, they've, the goals have found me. And so I'm, I'm going to make it through that and I'm going to cheer other people on in the season they're in, but I'm not going to feel bad about the things that we didn't make it to. I'm going to flip my days instead of seeing the things that we didn't get done. Instead, I, I have found myself saying, man, we got through a whole reading lesson today, a whole reading lesson. Wow. We finished half of our math for the week. Like, I'm going to say that instead of, well, we didn't get to history or geography or science or like, it it really just depends on how you want to view your day. And so I've decided that we're going to start viewing it as what we did do instead of what we did not do. That's good advice anyway. Just in general, no matter what season you're in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like my prayer for this is just that we could bottle that, just bottle up everything that you just said and just like give it away. Like, not sell it, just like give it away. Like, here you go. Take some, you know, some of this. Well, you might have to play it back to me in a few weeks when I'm stressing because we're not done with our curriculum. You have to remind me. Right. Well, remember, you said. That's why we record these things said. and we post them <laughs> because I need the reminder too. Yeah. I think, I think in the homeschooling world, comparison is, mm. it, it, it's one of the worst things that we can do to ourselves. And so I've decided no more. We're going to find our family's rhythm. We're going to try to help each other, but yeah, we just got to do what we can do. What's and good it's, for us. It's so tempting to be like, oh, yeah. I really love what Brittany's doing. I really yeah. love what you're doing. And I'm going to pull it all in instead of being a little more reasonable and saying, okay, we could probably add one new thing this year instead of adding seven new things. Right. There's yeah. so many great things out there. Yeah. You can't, we can't do it all. They no, can all no. be great things, but even great things can be a disservice to your family. Absolutely. Okay. So last question, we would just love to know what your thoughts on are on how we could love others through maybe a season of chaos or grief or loss. Um, how can we support people through a season like that? I think that's a great question. I think that it's really important to consider that like we've been saying that each family works differently. And so I don't think that you can just put a formula to that. And I think it takes being really intentional with people. Um, you could think that that family needs us to make meals for them. And then you take meals, to people, I mean, food, gen- generally food in a chaotic situation is, is a, a need that needs to be met always. But 
I think being specific with towards those people. So for me, it was hard for me in the beginning when people would say, what do you need? What can we do? I was already overwhelmed. I was completely overwhelmed and I didn't even know what to say I needed. But the people that kept coming back would give me a few days and then ask again. Um, and the people that started asking in ways that were, what's on your mind for this next few days? Like, what are you needing to get done? Like what's weighing on your mind or like our homeschool community, what's weighing on your mind about school right now? And being able to try to pull out of people specific needs that actually meet a need in the moment. So it's easy just to meet a need, but it may not be the need that actually is going to bless someone the most in a moment. So for us, um, there were, there were weeks there that food was a thing. It was so nice to just to have a meal, to not think about what we were eating for dinner, um, so that we could just handle tasks, you know, other times the people that came and took the most boring of tasks off my plate, that's what freed me up to be with my kids. You know, I didn't have to go think about toothbrushes and underwear. Um, when it came back to school, the homeschool community taking care of a lot of needs that we had in school, that was a specific need that was such a blessing because they, they knew how a homeschool mom's mind works, right? Here's the things that you need. Like they knew I needed markers and pencils and paper, and they knew what I would need to get started back. And then I could fill in the holes later. And so I think being patient with people, um, asking them more than once, but not in a way that's just a, a blanketed question. I think trying to be intentional with people, giving them time to answer, but asking, you know, what's, what's weighing on your mind right now about this and taking something specific off their plate. Cause honestly, that's the better way for people to gear finances. If you're going to financially try to bless someone by purchasing something, knowing what they really, really need, that's going to like use your finances better, but obviously it's going to meet their need with more intentionality. Is that a word? Intentionality? More intention. <laughs> um, and, and bless them in a season where there really are can, are specific needs, you know? So I think that can just go for any season. If it's a season of, you know, someone having a loss in their family or a spouse losing a job, someone losing their home, whatever it is, I think just circling back to keep asking intentional questions and then being patient for them to answer it. Because sometimes in the moment, even just the question is overwhelming. Um, and then that person wants to let it go because you don't want to go back and go, well, you asked this two days ago and now I'll feel weird answering you. When someone would come back and ask again, that felt like a hug. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much, Kelly, for coming and joining us. We've been trying to get you on this podcast since we started this time last year and uh, it took us a year, but we finally got you over here. It's been fun. So I appreciate it. Would you mind closing us on prayer? Sure. God, we just thank you for, um, the opportunity to homeschool, that we get to do this, that our families get to be the educators in our home. Um, God, I just ask that you would just give us eyes to see our children, that we would see um, who you have made them to be. We would see their strengths, that we could see the places that they need to grow in, and that we would just be able to um, cater our education around that, God, that you would just give us rhythms in our home that work for us, that we would become confident in who we are as their parents and know that um, you've gifted us for that, um, that we are we don't lack anything um, as educators in our home, that we would be able just to see our children and help them grow into the people that they're supposed to be. And that um, 
anything that's not supposed to be ours, that we're not supposed to pick up, that we're not supposed to add to our schedule or our routine, that would just, it would fall away and then we would be, become joyful um, in the way that we educate our kids throughout the school year. And then it wouldn't be um, a place of stress or strife, but that you would be cultivating just family um, and that we would just have the opportunity to honor you in what we do and to have homes that are are full of happy memories that our, our children will look back with fond memories over the ways that we um, learned in our home. And so we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you were blessed and encouraged today. Check us out on social media at the Deeply Rooted Homeschool. We'll see you next time.